We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It is time for the football podcast. It's always it's always fun to talk football. Uh, this is a really interesting slate. I know we say that almost every every week, but I mean, it's week 10, right? Week 9, week 10? Week 10. Whew, week 10 already. Joined today, as always, by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, week 10, like... We're past halfway now. Yeah, no, it's been a it's been a wild season for me, DFS wise. Pretty drastic swings. Still pretty decently ahead, but gosh, and the time flies, especially when you got baseball going on half the time and you got basketball going on pretty much the entire time. It's 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 a grind, and I love it. Yeah, last week was the worst football week I've had all season. I did not get a lot of stuff right um, last week. I was very heavy, and we talked about it on the podcast, but I was very heavy on the Houston-Miami offense, um, and Cooks had like six catches. And and I was overweight on like Lamar Jackson, um, and like it just it didn't matter. 
because I was just so wrong. Like Zeke had a really bad game. I was like overweight on like Jarvis Landry um, and like Cleveland just absolutely dominated that game. So, I mean, I'm ready for a bounce back week. I won like $900 and I didn't plan on playing after I was in the sports betting national championship. I'm like, F it. I'm taking time off of football. And then about an hour before lock, I got all my bets and I'm like, I can't change anything. Time to roll out 300 lineups. And <laughs> you know what? Did pretty well on Yahoo. Got crushed on DK. Won some money on Super Draft. So I was just trying to distract myself because my basketball games didn't start until 6 o'clock Eastern. So I'm like, I have to have something to distract me while I wait for these games to start. And just threw a bunch of money out or a bunch of lineups out there. Yeah, I mean, Tyrod Taylor... Austin Eckler. Like, there was so many things that I got wrong last week, so um, I here, can't, for, here for a bounce back. I was not paying attention to who did well and who did badly. Like, well, I can tell you all the guys that I just mentioned did not do well except for Lamar Jackson and Hollywood Brown, so there you go. All right. We got, um, what is it, 11 games? 11 games to talk about here uh, for this week, and um, I mean, again, there's some interesting spots. We start with Tampa Bay at Washington, 51 total here. Tampa Bay is a nine and a half point favorites. Um, I mean, we'll start with the Bucks. The Washington defense allows the most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks, second most to wide receivers. Um, they've actually been pretty decent against the run. What are your thoughts here when it comes to Tampa? Yeah, target the passing game. I mean, Tampa's shown a proclivity to throwing the ball a whole lot throughout the course of the season. Washington sitting at 10th in DBOA going up against the run. Yes, they haven't given up a ton of run, rushing points to opposing running backs. So Fournette, I mean, if you really want to use them, that's fine as leverage off of potentially a higher-owned uh, Tampa Bay passing game. But if they're not going to be highly owned, I would just absolutely hammer them in there. I mean, Godwin, Evans, like if you need cheapy Tyler Johnson, not terrible, but Brady – Everyone just they just throw everyone in there. So it's, it's that simple. Like they have a 30.25 implied team total going up against a very big pass funnel. And we've seen all season long that Brady wants to throw the ball and the Arians wants to let Brady throw the ball. So you target the passing game here. It's that simple. It's not that tough to understand. Just throw them in there. Don't think twice. Yeah. I mean, Rob Gronkowski returned last week. If you want to call it a return. Um, I just I don't expect him to play a lot in this game. He he hasn't been practicing, so I'm really just I'm waiting to see um if Antonio Brown comes back or not because I think that matters. Um, if he doesn't come back, I really like Brady, Godwin, Evans. If Brown comes back, I really like Brown, sixty one hundred. Uh, if he's good to go and they say he's good to go, I definitely don't mind uh this price point. Washington side of things, I mean, McLaurin, right? Like, this is a spot where we know what Tampa does. They funnel the running game to the passing game, and McLaurin, Logan Thomas is supposed to be back for this game. I think he's an interesting tournament play, assuming that he is activated. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of see, because Logan Thomas, from what I was reading after Monday's practice, was he was still very sore. Um, with the hamstring so McLaurin 
Yeah, McLaurin's absolutely the play here. I mean, Tampa Bay, while they are an above-average defense versus the pass, they are a pass funnel because they are so good against the run. The game script plays perfectly to them passing the ball. So McLaurin, Logan Thomas, if he ends up playing, Rick Seals-Jones, if he doesn't end up playing. And then the interesting one is going to be McKissick. I mean, the game script kind of plays towards it being a big McKissick game. We've seen all season long and going back all the way back through last season, Tampa Bay give up a ton of receptions to opposing running backs. And so this is a perfect McKissick spot. I think he's a guy that you throw in your Tampa Bay stacks, knowing that they're probably going to have to come from behind there. And so McKissick's like, I'm not playing Gibson. Gibson could break off a big run. I mean, we've seen it a few times from Tampa Bay before, but predominantly we see running backs have horrible games going up against him outside of in the receiving game. So McKissick is the guy that I really think is an interesting tournament play. He's going to come in almost no ownership. Six plus targets in each of the last three weeks, averaging over six receptions per game. Like he's a guy that can get absolutely get it done with no ownership at all. 5.2K, perfect GPP spot as a bring back. And if you want to use him on his own, that's fine. You can still do that. But McLaurin absolutely sets up in a fantastic spot. Yes, Tampa Bay is good versus the uh, pass, but one-on-one individual wide receivers, they're not really great versus McLaurin's averaging over 10 targets a game tends to be forgotten. I think this is a spot where he could go off for a big game. Detroit at Pittsburgh, 42 and a half total here. Pittsburgh is an eight and a half point favorite. Oh, Detroit lions. Um, I mean, I, I really think the only two, I think the only two guys you could potentially play from the lions is Swift and Hawkinson. And honestly, I'm not excited to play either one of these as I think Hawkinson's okay at 5,500 Swift is so involved in the passing game and the running game that at 6,800, he has the ceiling. I mean, it's a tough matchup against this Pittsburgh defense. The Pittsburgh defense is really banged up. Like there's a lot of injuries with this defense right now. And I think they lost someone on, um, was it Monday night as well? Like they lost another key piece. So I mean, I think Swift is okay, but I'm not excited to even look at Detroit here. I mean, I don't have a huge problem playing Swift. Yes, Pittsburgh is one of the better defenses going up against opposing running backs, but they have good run defense that you're not going – you're not trying to get high upside with Swift from the running game. It's largely about the receiving game. Five-plus receptions in each of the last four games has touchdown equity. He's the main stake in this offense. I think you can go with Hawkinson, Pittsburgh, not a bad matchup. Like, they're right around mediocre for passing games. I mean, what's his name on Monday Night Football? Kind of shredded them, Justin Fields. And Fields is not great. But if I'm targeting anything, it's it's, it's pretty much just Swift and Hawkinson. Swift is game-proof, so game-script-proof. So if, he, if they're ahead, they're probably going to run the ball a decent amount with them, try and pound it up the middle. If they're behind, then he's going to absolutely be in there in the receiving game and offers you a little bit more upside. So Swift, regardless, Hawkinson, still a decent play. Hasn't shown a huge amount of upside in any game since he kind of started off the season just right out of the gates blazing. Did have 10 targets or 11 targets, 10 receptions in the last game. But, yeah, those two guys are the only two I'm really considering. It's very excited things. Um I mean, we'll have to see if Ben plays. It sounds like he'll play. Um, I mean, he's dealing with some injuries, and if it's like it's that time of the year, it seems like. Um, 
I, I, I think it's going to be a long shot for Chase Claypool to play in this game. You know, that he, he I mean, the MRI definitely suggested that he's not going to be out um, with the toe injury, but toe injuries for wide receivers always seem like two to three weeks, if not more. Um, we'll see. It's early. Um, we're recording actually a day earlier than we usually do. But um, I mean, with all that said, Najah Harris is in one of the best matchups we'll see for running back going up against Detroit. The volume this guy gets, um, I think this is a spot you're looking at Harris. And if Claypool ends up sitting, uh, Deontay Johnson and then Fairmuth, um, the tight end. Yeah, no, that's pretty much three guys. I mean, with that Claypool in there, Deontay Johnson has one of the highest target shares in the entire league. And it's only going to go higher without JJ or without Juju in there and without Claypool in there. So Deontay Johnson going up against a terrible Detroit Lions defense. Najee Harris going up against the defense that gives up the second most fantasy points to opposing running backs and Harris being a guy that's going to be in there the entire game and he'll get targeted in the passing game. He'll get targeted in the running game. He's just all over the place. Both those guys. And then, yeah, if you need a tight end play, Fryermuth, he is the main guy in this offense. He's had six plus targets each of the last three weeks. Touchdown equities there with three touchdowns over the last two games. He's the guy, and he's probably in for a decent uptick in terms of target share if Claypool's not in the game. All right, moving along here. We got New Orleans at Tennessee, 44.5 total here. Tennessee is a three-point favorite. Uh, Any interest here in the Saints? I mean, Deontay Johnson has been targeted pretty heavily by Simeon. Trapman has been targeted pretty heavily by Simeon. If he's the starting quarterback and Taysom Hill is not, then like those two guys seem to be the favorite targets. Don't really like trusting the New Orleans passing game because they, I mean, even when Winston was under center, just wasn't good, wasn't really huge upside. You never know where things are going. So those are the two I think that you're most likely to play in GPPs. Obviously stay away from them in cash. Uh, Outside of that, it's, it's pretty much just Kamara. Like, Kamara is what he is, but I think I'd rather spend up or play, save my money elsewhere and go with someone else. Like, he is getting heavily targeted in the receiving game with Simeon under quarterback, seven targets last week. But it, it's just kind of a spot where this is a low total game, even though Tennessee tends to give up a decent amount of points. So I, 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 I'm fine with full-on fading New Orleans. Um but if you want to, it's, it's basically Troutman as a cheap tight end and Harris as a cheap wide receiver, or you just go with the running game with Kamara. Yeah, 15 targets for Harris over the last two weeks. Um, I mean, this is a good spot. Tennessee allows a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers, the most um, on the season and the most over the last month. So I think Harris is a fantastic tournament play here. Troutman, don't mind him. My biggest concern with Alvin Kamara is just – they have these packages for Taysom Hill in the red zone. And like you could have Kamara put up 120 yards and five catches and not score and not pay this price off because he's not getting in the end zone. And he kind of got um, a little banged up last week, knee wise. So um, they said it was a mild sprain. I think this is a good spot to p- potentially look at like Harris and Trotman um, and just hope that Simeon keeps targeting and peppering these guys. Uh, the Tennessee side of things, I mean, 
the running back situation was exactly what we thought it was going to be um, last week. Peterson, Nichols, Foreman, um, they all played, and I think they're all going to play this week. I think you stay away from that situation. I think you play A.J. Brown and maybe mix in a little bit Julio here, but I think A.J. Brown is just going to be someone that's going to see a ton of targets. But I th- Julio Jones, 5,400. We know the type of talent julio jones is and with this running back situation the way that it is i think this might be one of those spots we see julio jones have a big game yeah i mean he's been injured for a large portion of the season he really hasn't gotten there in any given matchup but i mean we could end up seeing Lattimore shadowing aj brown i have no problem playing aj brown um he's good he's very good he's very very good and he's been targeted heavily Without Derrick Henry in this offense, they're going to end up running the ball less. Tannehill, I think, is a guy that's in play, but the total in this game scares me too much. I'm probably going to fade them for the most part. I mean, like you said, A.J. Brown or Julio Jones in play for tournaments. A full stack is not the worst idea in the world because Tennessee can put up a big outing almost any given time, but this is probably just a game that you kind of want to stay away from. Atlanta Falcons, Dallas Cowboys, 55 total in this game. Dallas, eight and a half point favorite. Um, I'm sure you're with me. This is one of those games we have circled on this slate. Um, Let's start with the Atlanta side. I mean, Cordell Patterson is just, I mean, he's running. He's getting passing, like, targets. And, like, they have packages for him in the red zone. Like, 6,600 for Cordell Patterson. I, I think this is just one of those spots in this matchup against Dallas. Um, we're looking at him and Gage after eight, zero targets in week eight, eight targets last week. Um, and I mean, Kyle Pitts' targets and snapshot snap counts are, you know, right where we want them to be. Uh, what are you looking at here for Atlanta? Yeah, it's Patterson and Pitts. Um, so to those two guys, yes, I get. OZ and Gage both got a decent amount of work in last week's game, but Patterson and Pitts are the number one and number two wide receivers. That's what they are. Like they just happen to occasionally play other positions. Without Ridley in here, the wide receiver core is just absolutely terrible, but it doesn't matter because they break out Pitts out wide a significant amount of the time. And Patterson goes out wide a decent amount of the time, too. So you're getting the two main guys in this offense. Going up against Dallas, likely a fast-paced game. This is a perfect spot. And I don't hate, like, this is one of the few times where you can pair a quarterback with a tight end and a running back in DFS. And you're essentially going to end up with, you can you can play a what? Is it three, four, five? You can play a five wide receiver lineup, six wide receiver lineup. I forgot about the flex because Pitts and Patterson are both wide receivers. I don't hate this game stack. I don't hate this Falcon stack with Patterson and Pitts. It's just an interesting little spot with the way their offense is at, that you can get a ton of upside with both these guys. And even though Dallas has been a solid overall defense, they can still give up a huge amount of uh, yardage and a huge amount of points to opposing offenses. Atlanta could end up doing that. Ryan has been solid most of the season. And without Ridley still in here, it's going to be a spot where there's going to be a 400-yard passing outing by Matt Ryan and a huge spot. This game is currently set at 7.5 for the spread. I think that's a little bit too high. I think Atlanta keeps this game close. They're still playing for the playoffs. People may think that Matt Ryan's done for, but they're currently 7th in the FC with no real great team in the NFL and no real great team 
chasing them. So I really like this spot for Pitts and Patterson. OZ or Gage, if you really want to go with them, that's fine. But it's not terribly price constrictive to play Patterson, Pitts, and Ryan all in the same lineup. All right. Um, the Dallas side of this game, I mean, do we just overlook last week's game yes. in just completely? Um, and, I mean, obviously we we're, we're going to want to see Zeke 100%, um, like that knee. And then Cooper is dealing with a little bit of a hamstring injury. Um, so we'll definitely be paying attention to uh, that. And then, I mean, Gallup's going to be back this week too. Uh, so, I mean, this offense could be fully healthy. I mean, who do you like? Gallup's 4K, 4K this week. He's going to um, be chalky this week. He's going to be real chalky this week. Projection systems are already spitting him out as one of the better plays. But he is, though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, he, Atlanta is not a good defense. They're terrible against the run in the pass. I mean, obviously, we'll wait and see if Zeke and Cooper are going to play. But I mean, if Zeke didn't play, Pollard would be the highest known player on the slate. Second highest. Um, what are your thoughts about Dallas? Yes, there will be one higher one, which is just ridiculous. But yeah, no, play everyone. Like Gallup's the one I'm a little bit interested in to see where his ownership ends up lying. Problem is he is so cheap at 4K. Going up against Atlanta, Atlanta's one of the worst defenses in the league. They're giving up the fourth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. They're giving up the fifth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. They're 31st in DVOA. They're a bad defense. This is going to be a high-scoring game. There's a reason Dallas has the highest implied team total on the entire slate. Play anyone and everyone. Schultz, Gallups, Cooper, um, CD, Zeke, if he ends up playing. If he doesn't end up playing, Pollard hammered him in there. It's going to be an interesting slate when it comes to what the chalk is because there's one other running back that we'll get get to pretty soon. Um but yeah, like play everyone in this Dallas offense. I have no the only reason not to play them is because of low ownership or high ownership, but really don't care because some people are going to be off after seeing them last week. All right, moving on. We got Cleveland at New England, 45 total. The Patriots, uh, one and a half point favorite here. Um, you know, you just got done saying, you know, chalky running backs. Well, Nick Chubb, um, I mean. We don't know, right? Like, we don't know if Chubb's going to play or not. Um, I mean, there was somebody else, too. Wasn't it Felton or something? Like, he got he was tested positive, too, so both yeah. running backs. So, like, I mean, Dearness Johnson, if both these guys don't play, he's going to play as much as he can um, because they already said that Cream Hunt's not going to get activated this week. Like, New England, good defense, it uh, doesn't matter. Yeah, I will likely go 100% on Johnson. Like, this is pretty close to the same as getting Nick Chubb at 4.7K. If you, any lineup where I don't have Dearness Johnson in, I'm likely throwing Harris in that lineup and like Donovan People Jones, Jarvis Landry, some part of the wide receiving game. Because that's the only way Johnson does not end up getting there. It's that simple. Like, this is a weird spot where you're just getting potentially, like, I think, I don't know, I look at the blitz this early on the week. And as of right now, Dearness Johnson is, I think, projecting 
as the second highest raw fantasy points on the entire slate. Yes, this is football. Anything can happen. But chances are you're just playing Johnson and you're moving on. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, People's Jones and Landry, they're they're interesting from a tournament perspective here. Um, the New England side, I, I mean, I, I hate playing anybody from this team. I, I really do. But I think one way that you could potentially get different on Johnson is just potentially taking some Myers or Kendrick Bourne and just running back some exposure of Johnson. Like you don't have to do it every team because of Johnson's price, but I I think that just running it back and just hoping that you get a five to eight catch game, you know, and, and, you know, 80 yards and a touchdown just to make your Johnson lineups different. I mean, I I understand that and I get that and I don't fully disagree with it, but I'm probably not doing that. Like to me, outside of Harris, if he ends up playing, potentially playing him, but other than that, I'm probably just out on the Patriots. There's no real reason to play them. Low total game. No one really exceeds value that much outside of Harris. It's an 11-game slate. There's high totals on the slate. I'm I'm probably just full-on fading. So let's really quickly, Harris gets ruled out. Because he is in concussion protocol. He didn't play Wednesday. So, like, so Harris gets ruled out. Do we take shots on Bolden or Stevenson? You take shots on Bolden or Stevenson. Main thing is, this is the Patriots. Belichick's still going to be an a-hole pretty often. (laughs) There'll be some third guy that Taylor. Yeah. Like, J.J. Taylor or something um, will play. (laughs) Be Rex Burkhead and get five yards and three touchdowns. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, man. Bolden would be the most, the main guy that I would end up going with. He's, he'll, he'll get play regardless because they'll use him in the running game and they'll use him in the passing game. Um, but like you wait to see where ownership ends up at. Like, luckily on this slate, you have Darius Johnson right around the same price range. So I don't know if a ton of people would still even end up going on Bolden if Harris is ruled out. But you just kind of wait to see where it projects out at and you kind of go from there. If he's going to be super chalky, you're better off just fading. But it's Belichick. I, it's, as much of a genius as he is, he's also a genius at ruining my day in fantasy. Yeah, you ain't lying. Moving on, we got the Buffalo Bills, New York Jets, 47 and a half total here. Buffalo is a 13-point favorite in this one. Is there any team in the NFL more tilting than the Buffalo Bills? Um, I mean – Six to nine against Jacksonville, the worst defense in the NFL. Like, I don't even know what to like mentally process that game as, um, outside of just Josh Allen owning Josh Allen. Yeah, I'm tilted. I mean, that game, we all are. We all are. Well, that game cost me 100 G's, so I'm a little bit more tilted than other people, but that's true. <laughs> But and get on the guy who made that bet. Um, I don't it was care. an all-in bet too, wasn't it? Like his whole bank. It was an all-in twenty-five grand three-leg parlay with the under on that game and Jacksonville plus fourteen and a half. Which good <laughs> on him, but still pissed off about it. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't care. Like Buffalo has a thirty-point total. It's not like Josh Allen hasn't gotten there pretty much every other game of the season. Forget last week. Literally 
every single like great quarterback just absolutely crapped the bed. So forget about it. Move on. Josh Allen is a good play. Pair him up with his wide receivers. Stay away from the running game like you usually do. Yep. Allen digs Beasley. Beasley, you know, has the second highest um, target share on the team right now. And I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't think I want to play Zach Moss here. Zach Moss is in the concussion protocol. If he were to sit, Singletary is another, he's 4,700. The Jets allow the most fantasy points to running backs. If, if he sits, Singletary is someone that, again, man, we, we're going to potentially have some really cheap, good running back plays and good matchups. This is a great matchup for someone like Singletary. And I don't think, like, Reggie Gillum, I, I think that's who the third back is, um, would eat into, like, a ton. Like, I think Singletary plays 70% of the snaps if Moss doesn't play, if not more. Yeah, no, Singletary is definitely in play if Moss ends up missing. All right, Jets side of things. Um, I mean, Mike White going to be back playing uh, this weekend, it sounds like. Um, they already announced, like, even with Zach Wilson close, Mike White's going to start in this game. The Bills defense is really good. Um, I mean, Michael Carter's been good. Corey Davis is potentially going to be back for this game. Um, yeah, I mean, he went full throttle in practice. Like, what are your thoughts here on the Jets? And honestly, I'm probably going to fade most of the passing game. I mean, yes, I will have one Mike White lineup because he could, in fact, be the greatest quarterback of all time. We can't know, but that's a current trajectory. If I'm playing him, I'm probably either pairing him with Crowder or Davis. But I think the main guy you want to go with is Michael Carter. Like Mike White's going to dump the ball off to him. Michael Carter has been fantastic in the receiving game with Mike White under center. It's it's just a spot where, like, the volume is going to be there. The passing game tour is going to be there. This is specifically over for DraftKings. But Michael Carter, I think, is a guy that's going to be virtually overlooked and could end up with a pretty decent outing just based off of volume in the game script. All right, moving on here. We got the Jags and the Colts, 47.5 total here. The Colts are a 10.5-point favorite. Um, any interest here in the Jags? Just nope. Colts are a good defense. 18 and a half implied team total. James Robinson's back. Yeah, you can take a flyer on him, but probably not. Receiving game, not great. Like Marvin Jones had his time earlier on the season. Chenault's shown some upside, but not something you really want to take a shot on at their price tags. Just full on fade of the Jags. Yeah, I think I'm a little different. I mean, when you're looking at the Colts defense, they're very good against the run. They kind of stink against the pass. Um, I mean, I have some interests here. I don't know. I think it's going to be like Dan Arnold for the most part. Got about him. Absolutely play him. 3,500. Colts allow a lot of fancy points to tight ends. This guy has over seven targets in three of the last four games. I mean, interest in him. But, I mean, the passing game, like you said, there's three guys now. Um, so... I don't think I end up on any of the wide receivers. I think it's just Dan Arnold. Um, but, I mean, this game is on turf. It's indoors. Some of the weather this weekend is kind of iffy. Um, we'll see. It's still early in the week. But I, I think Dan Arnold is super interesting here. 
On the Colts side of things, I mean, I don't, again, I don't want to look at this matchup from last week. I want to play Pittman. I want to play Taylor. Um, I think that's it, though. I don't think I want to go T.Y. Wentz. Wentz, yeah, I think Carson Wentz is fine. I mean, uh, Jacksonville's literally one of the worst defenses in the league, and they're 31st in DVOA versus the pass. They have not been good. Disregard last week. It's that simple. Like, I, I will take shots on Pittman, who's been fantastic. They have plays designed for him. Like, Carson Wentz, his numbers recently have not actually been that bad. Like, he's put up three solid outings in a row. And if you add the defensive penalties, he's averaging over 300 yards a game, which just incredible how much pass interference calls they get. Like, it, it's just beautiful. Don't know how they do it, but one of these times the refs are going to start or stop actually calling it and Pittman's going to catch a ball or defenses are going to learn not to try it. Carson Wentz gives you a little bit of rushing upside too. Pittman. Mo Allen back with Dan Arnold. Let's go. Yeah. No, and then I, I mean Jonathan stack. Jonathan Taylor's pretty much a lock for a 70-yard play every single week, right? Dude is just it's, like he's gone over 20 fantasy points, I think, in was it five straight games? He's just the the workload is insane. Six, but if you change that number to 19. There you go. Yeah, no. Jonathan Taylor, like. Even though Jags have been kind of middle of the road versus the run, doesn't matter. Like Jonathan Taylor can get it done every single week. And I mean, I feel like this is kind of how Leonard Fournette was one year, just bursting off 70 yard runs every week. I may stop at some point, but you know what? I'm not going to stop until it stops. Yeah, this is a super interesting DFS game for sure. Um, because I think maybe there's some recency bias from last week. But we've been we've been streaming running or quarterbacks against the Bills all season. Like I played Geno Smith against them earlier this year. So, all right, moving on to the four o'clock games. Uh, four of them this week. We got the Vikings and the Chargers. Fifty-two and a half total here. Chargers are a three-point favorite. Uh, let's start with the Minnesota side of things. What do you like here for the Vikings? And same thing I like every single week. Jefferson, Thielen, Cook. Um, if Cook even ends up playing, we'll see how that situation goes out. But if he doesn't, then obviously Madison. But Conklin's also pretty interesting. Seven targets in each of the last two weeks. He's been heavily targeted. For the last few weeks, Chargers definitely much worse versus the run, so I prefer Cook. But I think that Cook could end up, if he ends up playing, drawing a whole lot of, a lot of ownership. So I think I prefer, based on that, like Cook grades out as a better play, but Based on that, targeting the receiving game. I mean, Jefferson's been fantastic this season. Thielen's shown some upside. Pretty much one of them goes off a huge game every single week, which I say on this podcast every single week. But Jefferson hasn't really done much since week four. I think there's a spot where he could end up with a blow-up game here going up against the Chargers where they're a dog. Jefferson, I think, is my favorite play based on how I view ownership ending up at followed by Cook, followed by Thielen, and I think Coughlin's a pretty solid overall tight end play. Yeah, I mean, Cook should play. No setbacks, and I mean, he's not – he wasn't someone that is even with – on the injury report right now. Yeah, I wasn't so. talking about that. Oh. I was talking about the whole story that came out. I mean, I get what you're saying. 
Yeah. If Madison, yeah. like, I mean, gosh, we could have so many good 4K running backs this week. Um, so we'll have to see. But yeah, I mean, you definitely doubt it ends up happening this week. Just you never know if he's gonna go on the commissioner exempt list. I know, you never know. Um, but yeah, if, if Cook did not play, Madison would be fantastic in this matchup. But Jefferson, Thielen, Conklin all um in play and then the Chargers side of the ball, I mean, the Minnesota defense, we've seen so many shootouts with Minnesota this season uh, because the defense is just not good. They're not good. Um, so I think this is an interesting spot for Herbert, Eckler, Allen, Williams. Um, I, I mean, the main pieces, I think, are, are good plays here for the Chargers. Yeah, and I mean, Eckler is by far my favorite. I mean, Minnesota has been real bad versus the run pretty much all season long. Like, they've actually, according to DVOA, they've been pretty decent versus pass. I think – they're pretty far off considering they have a number three. They're probably just slightly above average. But I think Ackler is the play here. Like heavily involved in the receiving game. This game could end up being a shootout. He'll get his no matter what. But like if you want to target Mike Williams, who has not been the same since he just started off the season destroying the world, um, that's fine. I think I prefer Keenan Allen. Who's just more consistently getting targets now and gone back to his normal self. But yeah, Eckler is the play in my opinion. I mean, Williams is always going to be like that red zone threat. Like they're going to move the ball with Allen and Eckler. And then when they get down in the red zone, like I think Williams has six targets inside the 10 yard line. Yeah. Like, He's always a red zone threat. He's also that like deep tap pass jump ball. Yeah. 50 yard he just hasn't seemed to get him in the last three weeks it'll happen at some point but i think this is one of my favorite game stacks on the slate i really do i think this game screams shootout all day it's top three for me yeah well, there's a few really good ones carolina at arizona 44 and a half total here arizona is a 10 and a half point favorites um sounds like it's going to be pj walker Starting Darnold for, officially got placed on IR. Yeah, so I mean, PJ Walker is going to start here. Um, I don't know what that does for me uh, because Christian McCaffrey only played fifty percent of the snaps last week. We have no idea what to expect here from PJ Walker. I think if you're looking at this spot, you're just like, I'm going to play a really low owned DJ Moore at sixty three hundred and hope this young quarterback throws him the ball fifteen times. Yeah, or you're going to play McCaffrey knowing that Carolina is still trying to play for the playoffs and hope that he plays a ton of downs and gets targeted in the backfield like 15 times. Those are your two options. If you want to play P.J. Walker, he's cheap, but Arizona's defense has been good this season. Like, Arizona's defense I, is really, like, really, really yeah. here because Edmonds is not going to play, it sounds like. So you could go, you go Arizona defense and Connor in this spot. Yeah, not a terrible idea, but yeah, I mean, Caroline's just like, we don't know what, I mean, but let's be honest, with how bad Darnold's been playing, do we think that Walker be could upgrade. be any worse? <laughs> I, I honestly think that he is an upgrade. Yeah, could be an upgrade, that's for sure. Um, I, I don't disagree with that, but I mean, the Arizona side, high ankle spring for Chase Edmonds, he's very doubtful for this game. Um, Kyler Murray, I mean... We'll see, I guess. He's dealing with an ankle sprain. They might look at this spot as like, maybe we can get away with like Colt McCoy 
you know, starting and playing again. They beat San Francisco last week. Like, we'll see. But, I mean, I think Hopkins is going to be back here. Um, he's still dealing with a hamstring injury. Uh, this is a very banged-up offense for a team that's just so good this year. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Connor's – assuming Edmonds doesn't play, which all signs point towards that. I think Connor's probably the play. I mean, Carolina's been pretty solid overall defense, but they've been worse versus the run. Arizona's defense has been good, so it's not like they have to take chances if Colt McCoy ends up playing. If Kyler ends up playing, then they never argue with a Kyler stack with either Green or Kirk or Hopkins. But, like, this is not really setting up as a spot where they really are going to want to let him throw the ball 30 times if he's still dealing with an injury. Like, Connor's the only one I really have interest in. Arizona defense. And Arizona defense. Um, AJ Green is supposed to be back, right? They, yeah, that's he's what it looks like back. right now. All right. All right, Philadelphia at Denver, 45 and a half total here. Denver is a three-point favorite. So, I mean, let's start by just what are they doing giving Jordan Howard a gazillion carries when they wouldn't give Miles Sanders any carries? Oh, it's so frustrating. Anyway, um, talk to me here about Philly. Stay away from the running game. I don't mind the passing game. I don't mind Hurts. I know that he has had his two worst games of his fantasy career the last two weeks. They barely threw the ball. I don't think this is going to be the case here. People forget how good he's been for fantasy pretty much this entire time. Like, pair him with Goddard, pair him with Devonta Smith. Pair him with Rhaegar or Watkins if you want to add a cheap third piece. That's pretty much it. I think this has the sneaky ability to be a shootout game here that's fairly high scoring. Yeah, I don't hate that. Um, or it's going to be really low scoring and boring. Um, yeah, is, I, yeah, I can see it being either one. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Hurts, I'm not going to let a couple games, you know, change my thoughts on him. I always think he's a, a tournament play that has the ceiling to to win you a slate on any on any given Sunday. Um, like that movie. Good movie, yeah. Goddard. The Titans. Got, no, it's not. <laughs> it threw me off. Gosh. Anyway. Um, yeah, I think Goddard's my favorite pairing. But I think you can play Hurts by, by himself. I say that every week. I think you can play him by, by himself. Uh, the Denver side of things, I mean, they're just giving Gordon and Williams so much work together. It's so tough to figure out who, who you want to play. I liked seeing Judy um, get a bunch of targets last week. That's really good. Um, you know, Noah Fant is someone we're going to be watching to see if he's going to be back for this game or not. Um, I think he he definitely matters, but it sounds like he's going to play. Um, I guess he got activated from the COVID list on Wednesday, so he should play. Um, what are your thoughts here on Denver? I don't hate the passing game here. I'm staying away from the running game, but I mean, I've done this last two weeks and ended not great for me. Uh, but like Bridgewater was good early in the season. Philly's a below average defense, both for pass and the run. Yes, they get into running the ball quite a bit with the running backs, and who knows which one's going to get what work or what stats. But I don't mind this passing game. I think I prefer Judy to Sutton. I know Sutton was very good for the entirety of when Judy was gone. Now it looks like Judy's the main guy. A little too cheap at 5.3K. Fant, anytime he's in there, he's always a high upside tight end. But that, that's kind of what I'm sticking to. If you want to throw Patrick in there, or you want to throw Sutton in there, that's fine. Don't mind him. But, like, 
I'm only targeting the passing game. I'm staying away from the running game. Yeah, I really like Jared Judy in this spot. I think he's just too cheap for his upside. And, um, I mean, Noah Fant's interesting, I think, too. 4,300 for a guy like Noah Fant. Um, he'll get targets in this game, you know, especially if this game does turn into more of like a little shootout or if Philly gets out, you know, I think Noah Fant's an interesting like pairing with like a, a Hertz um, in this game, hoping that like Philly gets out to a good score and then like Noah Fant comes in and does his thing. So um, we finish it out with Seattle at Green Bay, 49 and a half total here. Green Bay is a three and a half point favorite. Uh, you would have asked me last week about this game. I've been like, eh, it'd be all right. But now Russell Wilson expected back. Aaron Rodgers expected back. Probably one of the best games potentially on the weekend. Um, Russ, 6,700 going up against Green Bay. <laughs> like, pair him with DK or Lockett. And, Who are both too cheap. Uh, Carson's, is com- Carson's coming back too. Like, this is going to be a fully, like, this team's going to be healthy. Carson's 5,700. Yeah, this offense is going to look drastically different than it did last week. I still don't know if I'm going with Carson with Russ back. Should be a good game. Should be a shootout. I think it's something that you can target. Like always with Seattle, generally don't play Metcalf and Lockett together. Play one or the other. That's pretty much it. Pair Russ with one of those two. Like uh, Seattle's super easy to dissect every single time that Lockett, Metcalf, and Russ are healthy. And don't worry about Russ's injury. Like it might affect a little bit his like grip on the ball, but that's that's really it. It shouldn't be something either. He's going to get injured or he'll be fine. I mean, yeah, like if they say he's good to go, they're not rushing this guy back. Yeah, well, I mean, also like his actual injury, something I've dealt with before. The tendencies are going to snap again or he's going to re-break it, but it shouldn't actually affect anything too much. He was out three weeks with a finger injury. He's If he has the grip, he's fine. Spoken like a true Seahawks fan. Um... And a man with mouth finger once. <laughs> Green Bay side of things, I, I mean, Devontae Adams. <laughs> what else needs to be said? This, this guy, two weeks ago against Washington, or three weeks ago, was 8900 Um, In week nine, he was nine k. His price is back down to a, a season low at 7900 at Devontae Adams. Yep, Devontae Adams is too cheap. With Rodgers back here. Aaron Jones can always snake away everything, so always a good big field tournament play. Aaron Rodgers probably not getting there because he's 7.1K and he only throws to Adams. So if you want to play him, you play him with Adams. That, that's pretty much the entirety of the Green Bay offense. It's super simple. Yeah, I mean, Mercedes Lewis's minimum salary, I probably won't do it, but, I mean, you can make an argument for a minim- minimum price tight end anytime especially in a game that should be high scoring so um probably look at like a a mercedes lewis on like that four game afternoon slate i I think he'd be more interesting in like that aspect um but i i still think i go like cocklin whoever starts for arizona and fant before i would get to mercedes lewis um yeah i mean the only concern about aaron jones is like it seems like a very 60 40 workload right now um, so little concerning, but I, I do, I, I never mind playing a running back against the Seahawks defense. So, 
Uh, morning grind game. Give me a quarterback that you like to throw for over 300 yards this week. Carson Wentz. I'm trying to think of something that's logged on this, but we don't have under projections yet. I'm going to go Matt Ryan because he's done it in three of the last four games and he's going up against Dallas. So you're, you're a smart guy. Yeah. That's one that I'll be looking at his prop and um, trying to get some passing yard prop. Um, low owned running back for a touchdown. We do not have, we, you know, when we record on Thursdays, we have um, projected ownerships like first run. We don't have projected ownerships. So just someone you think potentially is going to be low on this week. Michael Carter. Yeah, I think that um, Patterson, right? He's going to be low. Just kidding. <laughs> um, I think I, I really think DeAndre Swift is going to be low owned this week because of yeah. all the value and stuff. So I'm going to go DeAndre Swift because you're going to need him to score a touchdown. Give me a quarterback wide receiver stack for a touchdown this week. Wentz to Pittman. All right. I like it. Um I'm trying to go. Oh, I'm going to go Heineke to McLaurin. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Wide receiver for eight or more targets this week. Oh, I had to say Cordero Patterson. Technically, he's a running back. On oh, I had to say Kyle Pitts. Technically, he's a tight end. <laughs> and I'm going to go Justin Jefferson. I like that one. Um, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go off the board. I'm gonna go off the board and say Julio Jones this week. Give me a tight end that scores this week. You're gonna say Arnold, aren't you? I was gonna say Dan Arnold. And I'll take Goddard. You can't take Dan Arnold. Like you didn't you you forgot about him. You forgot about my boy. Yes, I did. I also just wanted to say hey Arnold. Hey Arnold. Fairmuth, too, is another guy that I like at tight ends. Yeah. He's been crushing. Uh, defense for 10 or more points this week. Let's see. Something not easy. Something not expensive. Oh, I'll call the Browns. All right. I like that one. That, that's a cheap defense that I like this week um, for sure. If, it, if I'm spending up, I really like the Cardinals defense this week. Uh, I just I love that matchup against that young quarterback. Um, I think he's going to get sacked a lot in that game. If I'm spending down, uh, it's tough. I think it's really tough this week. But I think if I'm spending down, I potentially go like Vikings. Yeah, I like that one. Because, I mean, the Browns would be the one that I'd look at the most. And the Browns are probably the defense that I'll end up playing the most, like in my main lineup. But the Vikings just, they have the ceiling. They get the sacks. Um, they get picks. Like, Herbert could have a really good game, and the Vikings still score, like, six to ten points defensively. Yeah. And at that yeah, price, that's all you really need. Yeah, I mean, they're the perfect give up a lot of points and get a lot of points. Yeah. Defense. I wouldn't play them in the same team as Herbert, but I definitely don't mind going Vikings defense here. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Nope, I got to go to bed. I got to go move in the morning. Gosh, I hate what a busy guy. What yeah. a busy man. That's going to wrap it up here for week 10. We'll be back next week, week 11, talking more football. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then. Hey, kids.